Welcome to the Think Like an Innovator podcast. I am Paul Sloan, and in each episode, I tell you the stories of great thinkers, leaders and innovators. We explore what motivated them and the approaches they used. We do this in order to draw out some inspiration and lessons that we can profit from. The stories are based on my book, Think Like an Innovator, published by Pearson. In this episode, we look at two great innovators in the world of medicine. Edward Jenner, the doctor who discovered the smallpox vaccine, and Florence Nightingale, the lady with the lamp, a reformer and founder of modern nursing. Edward Jenner was an English country doctor who pioneered the smallpox vaccine, the world's first vaccine. He is called the father of immunology, and his work is said to have saved more lives than the work of any other human. He was born the eighth of nine children. His father was a vicar in a village in Gloucestershire. Edward was an able student. He studied surgery and anatomy under the eminent surgeon John Hunter at St George's Hospital in London. Hunter gave Jenna a powerful piece of advice. Don't think, try. Returning to his native countryside in 1773, Jenner became a successful family doctor and surgeon practising in the village of Barclay. At that time, smallpox was a curse on humanity. It is estimated that some 60% of the population caught the disease, and a third of those who caught it died from it. Jenner was fascinated by an unusual fact that had been known for some time. Milkmaids hardly ever caught smallpox. He asked himself why this might be. His hypothesis was that they caught cowpox from cows and that this somehow protected them from catching smallpox. Cowpox was similar to smallpox, but much less virulent. In 1796, Jenner tested his theory by injecting an eight-year-old boy, James Phipps, with cowpox pus. The boy developed cowpox. Jenner subsequently introduced smallpox-infected material to the boy, who proved to be immune to the disease. Jenner carried out further tests on different subjects and showed rigorously that cowpox pus could be used to protect people from smallpox. He described his experiment in a paper for the Royal Society in 1797. The reaction was sceptical, with more proof demanded. Jenner repeated the experiment on several other children, including his own son. In 1798, the results were published and Jenner recommended mass vaccination. His proposals were ridiculed. People considered it outrageous that a person should be inoculated with material from a diseased animal. Eventually, the medical authorities were convinced by the evidence and started vaccination programmes. The practice spread first in Europe and then across the world, with countless lives saved. In 1979, the World Health Organization declared that smallpox had been eradicated. Jenner became famous and devoted his energies to medical research and developing the process of vaccination. He died in 1823. Incidentally, the word vaccine was coined by Edward Jenner. It comes from the Latin word vacca, a cow. So what insights can we gain 
from Edward Jenner. Ask searching questions. Jenner famously asked why do milkmaids never catch smallpox? Others had observed this anomaly, but he kept asking and used the question as a starting point for his brilliant concept. Instead of asking why something happens, try asking why it does not happen. A different question leads to a different answer and a different idea. Don't think, try is a provocative precept for innovators. Of course we must think, but we must not become paralysed by cogitation. We need to experiment to discover the remarkable. Jenner's approach appears dangerous and rustic compared with modern medical procedures. But it was only with evidence that he could convince people to change their ways. Theories are not as powerful as empirical data when it comes to changing minds. Prove your innovation with your experiments. Florence Nightingale was born in 1820 into a wealthy upper-class English family. At the time her parents were in Florence as part of a tour of Europe and she was named after the place of her birth. She was taught at home by her father and became skilled in languages and mathematics. In 1837 Nightingale felt that God was calling her to do good work. She was interested in nursing but her parents considered it to be inappropriate for a woman of her upbringing. She was expected to prepare to become a wife. Her parents found her several eminent suitors, but she rejected them all, and eventually they let her follow her passion. She studied nursing in Germany, and at the age of 33, she became a superintendent of a hospital for gentlewomen in Harley Street. The following year, 1853, the Crimean War started. Russia invaded Turkey. Britain and France, who were both worried about Russia's imperial ambitions, went to Turkey's aid and declared war on Russia. The British soldiers in the Crimea suffered terribly from cholera and malaria. Men were dying at an alarming rate, and newspaper reports described the desperate situation. Sidney Herbert, the war minister, knew Nightingale and asked her to oversee a team of nurses in the military hospitals. In November 1854 she arrived in Scutari in Turkey with a team of 38 volunteer nurses. She found appalling conditions in the barracks hospitals. She saw dreadful sanitation, ineffective sewers, little ventilation and a lack of equipment. Men were dying rapidly from cholera, dysentery and typhus. She was outspoken in her criticisms of the poor conditions. Military officers strongly objected to this woman's intervention and her forthright views on the need to reform military hospitals. Army doctors saw her comments as an attack on their professionalism. She received little help or cooperation. So she contacted John Delane, the editor of the Times, and publicised the stories of how badly the soldiers were suffering in unsanitary conditions. The result was that she was given responsibility for organising the barracks hospitals. With her nurses she rigorously improved the conditions and reduced the mortality rate for wounded soldiers from 42% to 2%. During the Crimean campaign Florence Nightingale gained the nickname the Lady with the Lamp 
following a report in the Times which said, She is a ministering angel without any exaggeration in these hospitals. When all the medical officers have retired for the night, and silence and darkness have settled down upon those miles of prostrate sick, she may be observed alone, with a little lamp in her hand, making her solitary rounds. When she returned to England in 1856, Nightingale was a national heroine. She used this status to launch a campaign to improve the quality of nursing in military hospitals. She met Queen Victoria and Prince Albert, and her efforts resulted in the formation of the Army Medical College. She wrote two highly influential books, Notes on Nursing in 1859 and Notes on Hospitals, 1863. She raised money to improve the quality of nursing. In 1860, she used this money to found the Nightingale Home and Training School for Nurses at St Thomas's Hospital in London. She also became heavily involved in the training of nurses. Nightingale held strong opinions on women's rights. She made a forceful case for the removal of restrictions that pre prevented women from having careers. In later life, Nightingale suffered from poor health and in 1895 she became blind. She died in August 1910. Nightingale's lasting legacy has been her role in founding the modern nursing profession. She set a wonderful example for nurses everywhere of compassion and commitment to patient care. Her policies on hospital sanitation and organisation influenced military and civilian hospital practice and have saved countless lives. Incidentally, Florence Nightingale was one of the first people to use pie charts to convey statistical information. She used statistics to analyse diseases and to make the case for reforms in sanitation. She was a fine mathematician, and in 1859 she became the first female member of the Royal Statistical Society. Lessons for thinkers and innovators. If you see something that desperately needs to be changed, then change it. Lead the process with your personal action. Florence Nightingale took charge to transform nursing care for soldiers. It was her personal intervention that led the change. Use contacts and the media to overcome vested interests who oppose innovation. High-ranking officials resented Nightingale's interference. So she published reports in the Times newspaper to expose and bypass their objections. If you face a challenge, think about who you know who could help. <laughs>